how to do. Welcome to the Charmody. Yeah. What's happening? Hey, everybody. Just give me just as well here. I'm going to take a little disclosure and just put it away. Uncle Ken, say hi. How are you? What's going on with y'all? I missed you. Been a while. Not like there's anything insane going on with the world that I need to stay regularly updated with you or nothing. Just, uh, oh, social revolution. That's all. What the hell is going on right now, people? Uh, well, I'll tell you where you can find out where it's all going on. www.tromedypodcast.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and wherever you find your podcasts. That's where I'll take you through the now and what's hot, and I'll show you the cold zones and the hot. That's right. That's right. Every every uh, every single episode. Give you a new tagline for the show. And that was it. No, that was terrible. Let's see. Get your ABCs and please help me's. Okay? We're making so much fun out of 911. All right, that's good. We're going to leave it there. <clears throat> I'm right in the middle of a five mile run in the heat, in the shimmering street heat. And I can keep going, baby. I'm like rolling to shame on the, on the desert following the man in black. But my old hound dog, a black hound dog at that, it's just not able to handle the heat. So we slowed it down a little bit, giving him plenty of water. <clears throat> but he's catching all the UV rays with that matte black. What are you going to do? And um, so we're just taking our time. I want to... An excellent moment to catch up and do a little podcasting. So I will take it slower, and I will walk, and you will tell by the sultriness and timbre of my voice that I'm going to take it smooth. I'm going to go home with ease. And that's, uh, boy, if there's one thing we could use right now in this world, it's a little poise, it's a little grace. That's a little, relax, people, relax. Um, yeah, cops are killing people. Um, well, let's just say one killed somebody on an all and out would like to be murdered. Uh, and then they decided, well, then what do we need police for? And so now we're talking about just, just getting rid of our basic, what, what the first thing that you want your taxes to go to. With the, with the vague idea, I guess, that when the police are gone, crime will also end. I, I don't, I don't follow the thinking here. It's again, uh, a culture that's based on reaction and temper tantrums rather than proaction or just action. And, um, boy, what the, who, what do we raise? What is this insanity that we're calling the United States? What an ass-backwards thinking. <clears throat> All right, so, if you can't tell my opinion on this, uh, 
and you haven't been listening for the last two minutes. Here, here. I, I'm not going to add anything to this other than my point of view that you haven't thought about or somebody else hasn't brought up. Um, so if you don't want to listen, you know, I get it. Move on. Grab the next one, and then uh, we'll talk about more uplifting matters at least at that point. But right now, we're not going to uh, pass over this time because I feel I would be doing a disservice to myself and society at large, or let's just say anybody who listens to this. If you're interested in this podcast and me, then I'll give you my point of view, and that's that. And I'd love to hear your point of view. Please send your emails to traumatypodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to address it online and perhaps even interview you online. Um, yeah, so... Let's let's just let's just let's just go into this this whole idea here. So, what are we saying? That due to the absolute idiocy and malevolence of one police officer, uh, or, or using that one person as an example, we're then supposed to extrapolate that the entire culture of police are racist, fascists, bent on violence towards minorities. And what genocide, right? That's the thinking here. And therefore, uh, all problems stem from an endemic white racist police department. And therefore, once it's eliminated, so will the problems be. And I, I know you're not that stupid to think that. I know you're not that naive. I know that you're not that wishful thinking. To think that this is a, like just a new idea, well, first of all, it is. it's an idiotic idea. Um, but believe me, we, we, everything under the sun has been tried to minimize crime, violence, evil in the world. Everything has been tried and tried again and tried and um, Tried, tried in tandem with something else and a unifying of things, and that's basically what that's basically what we've been doing since mankind existed in groups and problems started to arise. So, thinking that you're just going to eliminate something and oh well, that's 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 how you solve it. Who would have thunk it? Uh, is really the uh, the mindset of a, of someone who's not only very young and inexperienced, just somebody who's uh, very naive and short-sighted. And um, I, I think I might have felt that way when I was, you know, I can't say in college, for sure not in high school, um, maybe junior high, where you go, uh, what if we, why don't we just get rid of nuclear bombs? You know, and yeah. Right on. So let's analyze that for a little bit, you know. And you start to break it in. Well, now you have peace. And then you have to find some place to eliminate them. And then you have an issue of mutually assured destruction, which has been basically creating a stalemate. And the, well, no, uh, no, I don't want a scientific answer, Dad. I just, just want the problem to go away. And, and that's kind of what this, you know, this is that situation taken from the police point of view. Uh saying that, that you saw this happen now, you know, and apparently this happens every day all over the United States. That's an absolute falsehood. Based on the Washington Post's statistics, 
I think it was nine unarmed black people were killed last year. And that's just to say that they didn't have weapons on them. It doesn't mean if they, you know, were being aggressive or what the situation around it is. I think that number jumped to 16 once the Washington Post realized that they were being um, used as evidence for that. Uh, still doesn't change the fact that it was 19 white people killed for the same thing last year. 19 unarmed. So, uh, in how many hundreds of thousands of minorities, millions do we have in our country? 19, or 9 rather, or 16. That's not killing every day. That, I think, points right to the fact that there's some douchebag, shithead, evil fuckers, one or two, in a lot of police departments. And the job should be finding them through training, through education, through, uh, and really, you know, if it's an issue, if it's an issue of, you think, the cohorts, their partners covering up for them, then what we need to do is expose the kind of the CI culture, right? What's that? Uh, the um, C, uh, I, uh, IA internal affairs. That's the job for internal affairs. And, and that, despite the fact, I mean, they're the police of the police. Those, those dudes get the bomb rap. Those poor guys. Uh, they're one of two people. And it can only be two people. It's either the kid that was the pencil pusher in high school, the yard duties, uh, firsthand, the, you know, the hall monitor guy. The guy would be, oh, you, Miss, Miss Steptic, you forgot to give us homework. Yeah. Well, I saw, I told him not to do it, and then he did it. And then he fell down and broke his arm, so that's what he gets. That guy. Where's your hall pass? I'm turning you into the dean. Dean Richards. Alan doesn't have his hall pass. That guy. That guy is one of the dudes at CI. Whatever. He's a, he's a taskmaster. He's, Everybody hates him anyway, so might as well do a job where you get paid a little extra and you can throw around your little clout authority. Sure, okay, okay. Or it's the guy that doesn't want the job who's like, God, I don't want to get my brothers and sisters uh, in trouble. I want to do this, but that at the same time is the guy that you want on internal affairs. Because he's not going after people meaninglessly. It's going after people that really need it. And if you need to change, affect change in a department, you get those guys to be your chiefs, your officers, your CI, your, uh, not CI. Why do I keep saying that? That's a criminal informant. I watch way too much Starsky and Hutch. You get those guys to do internal affairs because they're not going to go after people needlessly. They're going to go after the ones that are the problem. And apparently this cop here had like 10 or 12 other, um, you know, complaints filed on them. And you know what's going to happen? Two things. I guarantee this is going to happen. You're going to have a crackdown in internal affairs, like I just said. And you're going to see the numbers begin to fit out. Or are they start getting rid of some, some uh, you know, weak, uh, which is until the union gets involved because most of the time, the union 
are the only people that are willing and able to fight for their fellow employees' jobs. And, and basically, we pay the union so that they can this stuff happen. What you're going to see is ripping up of internal affairs in each department. You're going to see a beginning of people that start to get let go. And then you're going to see, again, Unions stand up in defense, and in the long term, the unions are going to be gone after. So there's very people that are like, "No, oh, we got to save these kids." It's going to be a, it's going to be a mess show, it's going to be a crap show. But uh, um, it's going to be ugly because the people that are now in a very liberal, very democratic, they're fighting for this stuff. It eventually is going to drain down going after the unions there, and this is going to turn into a, a nightmare for them. This is going to turn into huge legislation, cutbacks, it's going to cause issues with the with the police department in the future, um, and, and their unions and their benefits and everything else. And it's, the thing is, it's a shame, because the more politicized, the more uh, government steps into these departments, the less internal policing and informal policing can occur. Um, and that's, and that's for better or for worse, what's happened here. So, so, I, okay, here's the thing. Yeah, we need to fix, we need to fix the ridiculous and then the, the evil and the, whatever this, the problems are in this department, in each department. But defunding is going to destroy a city. It's going to destroy politics of every major city in which that takes place. Um, it, it, it will topple cities. And maybe that's what people are looking for. Again, I don't want to go deep into this conspiracy theory thing, but maybe that's what is asked for is a revolution, but really what it is is destruction. Destruction of the old guard in place, uh, you, you get anarchy. And, um, you know, I'm almost, uh, with, you've seen like the Antifa guys that are hiding inside these protests. Um, you think, uh, you think that might be the case. There's some, some people are trying to, uh, shut, kill this old government, get rid of it in any means necessary. And they're, and they're hitchhiking on to these protests as a way to destroy the American ideals, the American government, the American way of life and everything else. And God damn it. I'll tell you what. Not, you know what? Ha ha, say what you will. But I'm proud to be an American. And, and that's stupid that I have to feel like I'm going to get attacked for saying that. But still the greatest country in the history of mankind. Still the most uh, free and, um, and the most fair out of any other place. And with the most opportunities. All of these things, you can't get better than here. So I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm here. And, and, and yeah, it always needs to contract and expand and evolve. And that's what the government and the Constitution allow us to do. It's exactly the way that it's established for us. So, yes, and that has to happen. That has to happen with the police department. 
doesn't have to happen with any large government when it becomes too powerful, too dogmatic, too rigid. It has to break up. That's what happens. Um, because if it doesn't, atrocities can take place. Tyranny can take hold. And in this place, we saw a little mini tyrannical order between one guy and a police officer. And it was unjust and it was evil. I don't even think he was thinking it was evil. It was just, he was just, that's what evil looks like. Small, short-sighted, and just, nah, I'm going to stand here. Because, I mean, it, it, look how scared that coward got when he realized the guy wasn't breathing. You know, he just, ugh. I know those guys. I know those guys. Those are the guys when they pull you over and they go, well, I was going to let you go, but you started to uh, give me some attitude, so I can't let that go now, okay? And that guy, I, ugh, I can't stand those. Well, if you're that person, get, dude, ugh, go work at the DMV. Not the bag on DMV people, because you guys only, you know. I know, there's some good people there. That being said, I just went to AAA the other day to get all my DMV needs taken care of in about 15 minutes. They told me DMV was going to be a half hour to an hour and a half. Anyway, so, so have it that way. So what am I saying here? Listen, yeah, we need to make change. Um, everybody, stop reacting, stop looting, stop going insane, stop throwing temper tantrums. If you want justice... If you want justice, wait. It's coming down the pike. Get your game together for that. Stop running around and tearing down your neighbor's businesses because you're angry and upset. How old are you? How old are you? Figure it out. Um, that's what I'm saying. Just every time somebody pisses you off, you just go home and you go, okay. And you write that shit down and you build your case. Every time. I'm giving you some inside baseball here. That's how you do it. You build your case. Oh, okay. All right. And then when your time in the sun comes, you've got a litany. You've got your justice. You come up and... And then after you've got everybody by the old wobble nobbles... Then, you know, ironically, what you got to do, you have to be just and you have to govern correctly rather than then you give everybody their comeuppance. You don't have to, you don't have to give them preferential treatment, but you have to rule exemplary to what you want to see. And that's the big key here. So let's hope when this time comes and things turn around that we don't go back to uh, favoritism on one side or the other. But again, it's, a, it's an evening up of the scales momentarily. It's a move like George Washington who goes, look, uh, I'm only going to serve eight years. That's it. I'm stepping down voluntarily. I'm doing the just thing. I'm doing the thing so that you don't have to worry about me becoming a monarch, right? When I was the first president, nobody knew how long a presidential term should last. He was elect, re-elected once, it was eight years, and he just went, okay, that's good. And every single president 
use that as a model for an eight-year term. There's nothing that actually said that up until World War II. And then after FDR actually stayed in, he's the only one I know of that went longer than two terms, and that was during wartime in extremis. I mean, remember, we think about social upheaval now with the COVID situation, with the, uh, with the Black Lives Matter, with the police kill, shooting, and the police killing, rather, and, and um, you know, the economic downturn. Still, no, not close to the Great Depression plus World War II. Just not. It's just not. They're calling guys Nazis now. Well, they got their name from what the, those guys did in that war. Um, and just imagine on top of all of this, all of your husbands and sons are off at war, and, oh, yeah, people are getting letters every day that their kid was killed at so-and-so battle. There's a, all right, so that's another just a thing to throw on this pile. And so we're not there yet. So if those people, if they're going through hell and they kept going, if they could manage, we can manage. Let's show at the world what we're made of. And when it comes time to making the rules, enacting the new laws, let's do it justly. Let's be smart about it. Not easy, not easily done, easily said, um, but what else is there? You can't do it any other way and expect, uh, expect to have a, a clear conscience and expect good to come of it if it was created in ill. Bottom line, that's kind of my old thinking nowadays. Is if anything's done and things, you can only hope good if it was done in good. That's it. Uh, so, so when it comes time to making amends to the police forces, to the fire department, to the, do it justly. Think clearly on all sides. And yeah, there may be some, some societal freaking out, but, um, like that, that's kind of the point. If it's that bad, then we can go ahead and re-legislate and we'll figure something else out. And if the majority of the population agrees with that change, then that change happens. Uh, and ain't it great to watch government in action? Boy, you, nothing like the last four years to get people engaged in government, I'll say that. And I'll say the other thing, thing, thing too. It's, at least you could see the youth of America is passionate towards some points. I think that they're off base, and I think that they're not thinking correctly, and I think that they're identifying their own juvenile tendencies in, um, in, re in this movement, and I don't think it's the best way to go about what they're supposed to get done. However, yeah, they're impassioned, and they're getting out there, and they're speaking their mind, and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of this. All right. That was it, but it was just an interesting thing. You know, I go outside at 8, 8 p.m., and I howl like all the neighbors do. And ever since this stuff started, it's kind of sad because uh, you see the numbers decreasing of the people that are going out and shouting. And I think, oh, it's, you know, I, hope, I hate to think that it's because now the police that were everybody's hero, you know, three weeks ago are now the villains in society. Um yeah, and, and, and it's a hop, skip, and a jump from there to caregivers, to fire department, to um, hospital crews and everything else. They're already saying that, you know, treatment of COVID patients is racist. It's affecting more minorities than, um, than well, I can't, we can't even say we're, minor, we're white as the majority. I believe now in the U.S., 
um, Asian is, is, is the majority. Am I wrong on that? Probably. That, that's, I can't be right. California, I'm pretty sure white is no longer the majority. Hang on one second. Nope, couldn't be more wrong. 59% white, 39%, 36.6% non-Hispanic white. Yeah, uh, non-Hispanic white, 14.7% Asian, 13.8%. Point is, I don't know what even the point was. Here, here's, here, I feel, I'm going to push away. Ah, but uh, uh, I'm moving on from there. Um, um, and other, and other news, if you're still with me, God, I'm so happy. Please, please, stick around. Please, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Oh, don't leave me. Um, the little guy's up and walking around. He's laughing and joking. He's about as funny as I am. And um, he's only 13 months old. So I'm very, very happy for, with him. And... Um, yeah, we're just just chilling, just doing my normal life thing. I'll tell you what I've been working on is um, as all of these things transpire, I'm taking a cue from my local farmer's market, which is uh, be local, stay local, work in your immediate vicinity. And that's all that I can do. It's all I can do. I can... I can take take care of my my life, and then after that, my family's life, and then after that, um, my extended family's life, and then after that, the, the my patients' lives, and then after that, society at large, or anything that I come into contact with is kind of my thing now while I'm getting myself together. So, all right. <clears throat> what does it mean to live a just life? What am I doing these days to give myself a, a just, to, to be just, to make it so that I'm someone who should be commenting on world events, somebody who, uh, stays informed, and who thinks roundly on subjects. And I don't mean the Shakespearean roundly, which usually meant being sharp, ironically, being, being strong-willed, but, but has, a, has a broad understanding of information. Um, I'm watching a couple different news networks, NBC, CNN, Fox News. Is that enough? Um, watching Young Turks and I'm watching Jordan Peterson and I'm watching, um, some other people. I just want to have a rounded understanding of the world, but still where I'm working, think clearly on, on what I'm doing with my life. Has anything changed? No. What happens if uh, all of these actions against unions are able to go follow through? Uh, yeah, it may screw up my situation, but I can't do anything about that now. And if I'm worried about that, I should get involved in the unions, right? Somebody, we've got to make sure that if you're concerned about your safety, you're doing things proactively to take care of it. So I'm concerned about my health and, and, and safety after having cancer. And so rather than worry about it and drink and pine oh, about it and whatever. Anyway, dude, I've just been running every single 
day. Every single day. But you're not supposed to do that. You got to give your muscles. Yeah, tell that to like <clears throat> average Joe man a hundred years ago. You can't work in the field every day, Farmer Brown. Um, your muscles are going to get fatigued. You know what I mean? And Farmer Brown would have walked up to you with a with a grizzled, gnarled, wind-burnt face and a scowl and just looked you sternly in the eyes with arctic blue eyes. And you could see as you started just to stare at him, you would see that he's shaking with anger. And then just as you noticed that he was infuriated, whack, he gets smacked across the face. And and he would be standing there with now with a finger in your face saying, you think the cattle give a shit about muscle fatigue? You think chickens are just going to stop laying eggs because I'm tired? You think the sun ain't going to rise and wake me up tomorrow? You got a lot of gall coming in here telling me how to run my farm. And that's the truth. So I can get out and run every day if Farmer Brown can get up and tend to uh, his flock at all, you know? And so that's that's my thinking. Do get up. Yes, you can run every day. Your muscles will figure a way around it. You'll be all right. Oh, but I don't have time. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. You have time to do it. Just do it. Soon as I take four steps, well, guess what? You're running. So now you're in it for the long haul. Soon as I step up on the treadmill, ding, uh, it's on. Well, then I'm running. So and I only go on the treadmill if I'm at the firehouse. And then, oh, what if I get a call? Oh, what, what you, baby, you, you should be doing lifts and weights. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Brandon, there. And just let me. I'm going now. We're, we're running. That's it. What if you get a call? Then we go on the call. Then I go on the call. And then, well, then you can't, you come back. Well, if I come back, then I'm going to go back on a treadmill. Yeah, but what if it's too late? Okay, then I eat dinner and then come back out. And go on the treadmill. Easy. The brain, isn't it funny how the brain will do that? They just, oh, no, no, we don't have, uh, uh, it'll do, uh, you know what I noticed my head doing lately? When I'm doing push-ups or squats, it'll be, I'll, I'll start getting towards the where it really hurts. Real pain. And then my brain will be like, oh, was that 13 or 14? Was that 13? No, stop and think about it. What was it, 13? I go, I can't stop. No, just stop and think for a minute. It, it, and suddenly I realize I'm having an argument with my own head because my body is saying, find a way to stop him from working out. Tell him he's confused on what rep he's on. And, dude, it's it's so discouraging. It's discouraging, but my body's doing that now. And it's just because I'm just not taking no for an answer anymore. I, that's it. The buck stops with me and Farmer Brown. Um, so God, you know what? This is a good podcast and I think that's going to suck because people are going to hear the first part and turn it off because nobody fucking wants to hear anybody else's point of perspective, especially when I'm not, where I'm not just gung ho about dismantling our country, which I'm just not, I can't in good conscience believe that shit. 
And I see too many good cops right now that are my brothers in, in the field. Quite literally my brother. They're having, they're left being left to dangle in the wind. I mean, they're, they're screwed should they have to use any kind of authority to save their lives or to enforce their jobs. I mean, God, God help them if they do. And they're good people. They got into it. Again, like that yard duty guy in, in internal affairs. They're not those people. They got into the job because they're ex-military or, um, their fathers and mothers did it and they, they, they're following in this tradition and that something that they believe in that they were raised inside of. Law and order is one of the things that determines us as human beings over the animals. There's few things as primal or as I shouldn't even say as primal as humanitarian as law and order. And there are people, there are men and women right now serving that believe they are the watchdog on the outskirts of the flock looking for the wolves. They're the sheepdog. You understand that? They are. They're doing this to protect their city, their citizens. And now all of a sudden the citizens are being told that these people are their enemy. And it's just absolutely ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's, it is, it, it's gotta be for nefarious reasons. Why would you tell an entire, uh, country that all police are bastards? How could that gain traction? It, it, you have family members. Obviously, there are relatives of people that are saying that that are police officers. How can you say that about your family? How can you say that? Well, because they're bastards. I don't like that guy. I never did. Fucking okay. Um. Every one of you? And if you know better, shame on you. Shame on you for, for, for selling out so that you can hide within the masses like, uh, who was that? Simon? Which one of the disciples did that? He, he claimed he wasn't part of Christ's flock. You know, shame on you. Have some, have some gall. Stand up for what you know is true. You know, that's the real bravery. Bravery is not on the streets looting Footlocker right now. Bravery are the people that know if they say something contrary are going to get the mob. They're going to be, um, well, they're going to be gone after. I can't, I don't want to get too extreme and too heroic on it, but they're going to, they're going to, they're going to meet the fist of the mob. If they don't agree with them. I mean, and that's of all things, that's a mob mentality. That's, that's what we're dealing with right now. So I, I just can't, I can't subscribe to that. I can't prescribe to that. I can't, I can't follow that. You know, we have to do this law abidingly. So I guess that kind of falls into my second point of just act and be, tend to your own home first. Take care of your own, your own self. Bottom line, just, 
What are you using this time for right now? Are you wasting time? I'm not. I, I, I know it's taken a while for me to get a podcast out, but I've been writing it almost damn near every day. I get up at 5 a.m. and I start writing. And <clears throat> I wait to have coffee. It's a trick that I learned from Elmore Leonard who said he had to finish, I had to finish two pages of good writing. And then he would reward himself in the morning. He would, then he'd go make a pot of coffee. And it's a good technique. These, all these little things that I'm training myself to do is I'm, I'm making myself the dog. I'm, I'm putting everything, you know, at a carrot's distance away on a stick's dis, I'm putting the carrot a stick's different distance away. Just saying, okay, you will get to this if you do that. And it's, it tends to, it seems to be working out. I weren't running every day. I'm, I'm writing every day. I finished what I needed to write. The first draft is done. Um, I may scrap the entire thing, but guess what? I did it. I did it. So we're there now for better or worse. The, the book, which is going to be about, it's going to be a partial book, workbook, um, for, well, for anybody, I don't want to get too involved in, it, but it deals with cancer. It also deals with um, my my brief history, and it's kind of an intro. And of uh, I don't know, I don't really know what it is yet, but it's certainly meant to help. That's it. It's meant in the long run to do good, to be effective um, for others. And, um, and it's, it's just somebody's gonna look at it and be like, that guy did that, huh? Well, that's good. That's the thanks I want. You know what I mean? That's what I would just push something good into existence and see how good it, what good it can do to the rest of the world. That's it. Um, if more people did that, we'd be in better shape. We'd be in better shape. If you decided, I'm pissed off and I'm going to, uh, sublimate that into something constructive. Man, what, what an amazing feat. Not only do you create something productive, not only do you create something that can help others, you know, inspire people with the product that you made, but the act of you doing that, of transmogrifying, whoa, polysyllabic word. You taking the anger and aggression and frustration and sadness and fear from one thing, transforming it into a finished product, an artwork, a song or a book or legislation or something that creates some betterment in the world. Dude, that is a miracle. There's nothing short of that. I'm not saying what I did is a miracle by any, any stretch of the imagination. But a good story, a book that comes out of evil is it's a work of human genius. It's a stroke of inspiration that sparks a wildfire of revolution and change. And I mean, something like Uncle Tom's Cabin, if you want to get into Black Lives Matter, you know. If you want to talk about 
historically things that have changed the world. That, that book, when Abraham Lincoln met her, he said, so you're the little woman. Uh, what, how did he say it? He was like, so you're the whole woman that all of this is, uh, that started all of this war. Or something like that. Like, you're the woman that uh, got this war moving forward, you know? And, like, that's it, dude. Like, boom. That's what Huck Finn's about. Like, you look at this and you go, whoa, whoa. Jeez, it's an awful lot of M-words. Well, yeah. Because it's meant to shock the hell out of you. Where it says, oh, there was a boat that... Um, there's a steamboat that blew up down the river. Oh, was anybody hurt or killed? No, just a bunch of N-words. No, nobody was killed, just a bunch of N-words. What? What? Well, that's the whole point. It's supposed to screw you up. It's supposed to spark that thing inside your heart. That's the whole point. And, and use it. Use this. Uh, now people are going to be like, you said what? No. Use your... Use your anger, your frustration towards creating something that also incites in others that same feeling of, well, something has to be done here. What do we do about this? Use it to be like, okay, that's, we can get behind this, this song and, and, and do good. We can do something with this. That's the, that's the beauty of, the, of, of art, really. That's one of the many things that it does. But that's also the beauty of the human mind and spirit. It's like that's why we celebrate movies where you see people coming from dirt floor homes who never get a birthday present and never get a Christmas present, working their way out of poverty, and then at 15 moving away and going to nursing school away from their family just to get a fair shake. And, and that's why we revel in these stories. Because... Because even though that's the only good thing you can do, well, and it's what they choose to do against all odds. It's, it's the idea that rather than fall into a, a lifestyle of, 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 of recreating what your parents did, of alcohol abuse, of uh, physical abuse, of just living in town, and doing what your parents did, these people got out and did something else. And that's the story of a hero. That's the story that you could go, oh, well, they did it. Well, so can I. Oh, man, I love this person. I want to be like her. That's, that's the beauty of this. And so what do you tell that person who does that, who's on that path? Do you tell them, well, that's just a selfish thing for you to do? <laughs> like, oh, you're not going to take, I, I, I don't know, because what I'm thinking is like, that's what I want to do. And then what I hit, when I'm hit with immediately is like, well, this, this is very selfish. You just want, you want to be important. You want to, like, you want to be, you know, you want other people to look at you and be like, I want to be like you. It's not that. It's that I just want to matter. I just want, that's it. I want to matter. I want it to mean something that I live. I want it. I want Earth. I want my life, my immediate place to be better because I was walking around inside of it. I didn't just trash the place and move on. Like I cleaned it up or I built something. Like 
Oh, look, he put that lazy Susan in there. That's a perfect spot for it. Look, hey, look. Ah, oh, he, he's the one that put that sunroof, that sunlight, uh, skylight in over there, huh? Dude, look how that opens up the place. That kind of stuff. That's it. That's a, that's, I think that's a noble cause, to say the least. You know, I keep my place looking good and then start repairing it. So that's me. Like, first, don't do any harm. I'm still not drinking, which is pretty crazy. Um, and I'm still running every day. Uh, hey, look. Ugh! Okay. So, listen, I apologize if this seems braggadocious. I'm really not trying to brag here. I'm just letting you know it's possible to do this. And uh, I'm telling myself more or less that I can pull this off, right? So, yeah. So, all right. I'm not going to shut up. Can't, can't. Shut up. Just go along with it. So, I'm getting it done. I'm getting shit done. And that's what matters. And um, and I think at the end of this, I'll have some stuff that I can pass on to you that'll be good, that you'll appreciate. And remember, I also have online courses that you can start taking now through Care Med Medical Education, Care Medical Education. And email me at caremeded, C-A-R-E-M-E-D-E-D, at gmail.com, online EMT courses, online refresher courses, online continuing education and if you live in the bay area i will come over and do your manipulative emt skills with you so um just just get 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 in touch with me and do that see see how when we move forward with all this stuff we're going to do some good in this damn place that's it you know all of our heads are in the gutters but some of our eyes are pointed towards the stars and that's where i'm pointing my eyes i choose to go there i picked up a freaking turtle the other day, see if you think this is going to get uh, cause some flack on the job, peoples. So I'm on a uh, call for, um, well, not, I won't say what the call is for. Anyway, patient's doing fine. Patient and her um, family member, they're sitting right, and, I, and in this home, there's a little tank, a fish tank. That's full of about six inches of water. It's murky green. And there's a turtle inside it. And the turtle is scram, scrimble, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Scrumbling. Scrambling, scrambling. Just trying to get its head above the damn water. And it's floating, and it stops, and it sits up against the corner of the terrarium or the aquarium. It's not even a frickin' terrarium, because there's no earth in it. It's just water. And it sits there, and then you see it slide off the side, and it's going back into the water. And I, how long, I think, has this, has this turtle been doing this? How long can people sit in obliviousness? As this fucking thing struggles to not drown for its existence. Anyway, that's what I was thinking. And I'm watching. Meanwhile, this, you know. So I go, I, I, I go, we gotta do something about this. And, and, and this is now where I start going. Uh, we gotta do something about this, right? Like, I'm not, this is not cool. I gotta call. I'm gonna call animal control, or do we, what do I do? What do I do? Do I call ASPCA? Am I gonna be, what is this? Am I overreact? What's going on? What do I do? 
I figure I'll call ASPCA, right? And then I go, no, wait. And I go, hey, try and breach the subject for you. So what, what kind of turtle is it? Oh, I don't know. We've had it for 14 years. I go, 14 years. Has it been doing this for 14 years? Living in that little box with nothing around it for me. And it, 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 yeah, it, what kind? Of, I don't know. We just have it. And I said, do you ever think to put some land or something in there with it? No, she's happy that way. No, she's happy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, and I said, well, let me ask you this. How much to buy the turtle? And she said, uh, you know what? You don't, I'll, I'll give it to you if you really want it. Now, I wasn't in the market for turtle. I wasn't in the market, but. If it comes to the turtle doing what it had to do like that, one freaking day more, or finding a, a place where this thing can literally just get out of the tempest of a storm that it, of the aquarium it's in and just cool it out, I'll take the turtle. I'll get it out of there. So needless to say, I showed up the next day with a, with a moving box, got the turtle, Brought the turtle home. And this turtle is living in a makeshift terrarium built out of a planter box with some coverings. It's still blowing away. It doesn't look right now. It's just floating underneath a little thing. But uh, what we're going to do is set this up with another little uh, bigger pool. I'm going to get like a, a kiddie pool. Drop it into this thing. And then just see what it does. Just see what it does. I walked out, so it's been two days. And right now it's kind of just sitting inside this. It's, I had two water. I got two bucks, buck, buckets in there. Two box. No, I shouldn't say buckets. You like the moving, the plastic moving boxes. I got one that's uh, like a deep, bigger, wide one. And I got a longer, narrow one that I think you put in. Um, you would store uh, wrapping paper in it. Anyway, that's what I got. Brought that damn turtle home. You know why? Because some sh some voice in my head on that call went, well, you know what you should do, but you won't. And I got dared into it by that same voice that's like, oh, no, wait, no, you can't run. Was that 23 or 24 push-ups? You should probably stop and think of it. That same goad in my head goaded me into this one. I went, well, you know, if God were watching, God would want you to do that. You know that. And I'd be like, and, and, and then in your head you go, dude, stop being crazy. And then it's like, that's what people that follow God are always accused of, being crazy. And then first, and then you're like, shut up, dude, shut up. But, like I said, I got, I talked myself into it. So, for whatever reason, I got a turtle now. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty sweet. I tried to bite my dog. I think he got a little nip on him. But, um, I'm, I'm looking it up. The kid's gonna have a turtle to play with now. Um, the kids. And, um, it's going to be, a little fun 
excursion to enjoy him and looking up turtle stuff and just seeing what's what. So, um, holy crap. I had not expected this thing to meander as long as it has, but guess what? Like I said, I keep trying to set one up every week. It's basically been every two weeks, but, uh, this is something that I need to tend to in my housekeeping, which is just getting one of these out every week. And it's ended up being more like, these are like Monday morning podcasts with Bill Burr. They're just, just daily, they're just weekly rants. And if I gotta do that to get something out, then I gotta do that to get something out and, you know, use this perhaps as, uh, primer for the book, for, for the book info and insight into things and, and, uh, and use this time to inform myself, and as I inform myself, um, give you some edification, and possibly some inspiration, and possibly maybe incite you to email me at traumedypodcast at gmail.com with some interesting info and stories and questions and critiques. And we can go from there, right? We can go from there. How many podcast hosts give you an email that you can contact? Um, probably a lot, actually. I think Duncan Trussell does, and I think um, a couple of these. But this is the easiest way to get in touch with me. So, so, just so you know, so give it a little crackle, crackle, crackle. You know what I'm talking about? Give it a little. I'd love to hear from you. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. So, I'm going to cut it today. At 54 minutes, just to say to you, um, the world's falling all around, all around you, falling down all around you, but it doesn't mean you have to. Okay, so um, do what you want to do, do what you want to do, but I'll tell you what makes a country move forward. You tell you what really creates revolution is taking a, a, an account of everything that's happening. Focusing, letting it kind of wash over, and then make your decisions. Don't react. Don't throw tantrums. Don't be lame. If you got it, use it. Right? Get out there. Put yourself to good use. And I'll be paying attention for you, too. All right. Take care.